Hi, it's uh, Dr. Mike Jones, Managing Director of Impact Minerals Limited, listed on the Australian Stock Exchange code IP. Uh, Dr. Mike Jones, how are you, sir? I hope you're nice and calm. I am indeed. I am indeed, Matt. Meet to see you again. <laughs> Good story. Stop it. Nice poster, by the way. So, right. I um, wanted to catch up with you. We, we saw each other in Australia, um, and um, I know we were we, we tempted to see each other when you were over over here in London. Um, you've done a deal, okay? HPA. We better talk to people first of all. Well, what is HPA? Let's let's go with the basics. Let's get right down to it. And that's a fair enough question. It's high purity alumina. It's a particular form of aluminium oxide that's in increasing demand as we go through the energy transition, um, principally because it's used in two major areas. And that is one is in LED, slide emitting diodes. And as we replace all of the old incandescent bulbs and the, and the world grows, we're increasingly using LEDs. And then secondly, the big use is in the separators between anode and cathodes in your lithium ion batteries. And from what I understand, that's one of the reasons that the Samsung phones used to explode a few years ago. Uh, because those separators weren't doing their job. So HPA has a particular set of thermal chemical properties that make it unique, and uh, it's in growing demand globally. Okay, well, we, look, we, we, we've got to talk about this, okay, because we, we've talked in the past, we've had some really you know, brutally honest conversations about you know prospecting and exploration, and you've been very good at identifying um, where the project, very early on, where the projects will or will not Works, so therefore you've been able to kill them early. So that that's been good, I think, good for shareholders in the long run. We have been talking about gold and battery metals in Australia. We're now moving into high purity alumina. Why this dramatic switch? <laughs> yeah, look, that, that's a question I'm sure a lot of impact shareholders and people who followed us over the years have been asking themselves. So as you know, we've set up impact to look for a world class deposit. And uh, they're very few and far between. They're rare. And uh, I'm not sure I've used this phrase before, but really it's not worth getting out of bed until you find one. And uh, that can take a very long time. So look, over the years, we've looked at a lot of uh, interesting projects, eclectic projects, uh, left to center thinking. And uh, you know, on the off chance that somebody else you know, had a brighter idea than us, believe it or not. And uh, anyway, we came across this uh, project. It's a very interesting story, which we'll get into. And when I found out about it and looked at the numbers and looked at the, the nature of the project and the simplicity of the mining and the growth of the market into which we hope to deliver the product, it was a, it was a oh crap moment, if you know, excuse my language, we're going to have to do this project because it is so, so compelling and unlike anything that I've seen before you know, in, in my entire career in terms of a, a grassroots opportunity to get onto something that could you know, has the potential to lift us you know, out of the junior space and become a, a global player in the, in the high purity aluminum market. This has allowed you to kind of say, I guess, step change, right? Where people go, oh, it's transformational. It's a big step change. Um, but what do you know about it? it was, when you say it was, it was too good to kind of give up, we're, we're going to stop chasing all this stuff that you and I have been talking about over the past year. We're going to go for this thing. What makes it a, a sure thing in your mind? What do you know about it? So there's been a lot of work done. So look, the person who found the deposit is a guy, geologist I've known for a little while called Roland Gotthard, and he's well-known sort of geology consultant uh, in and around town, and, and is a project generator in his own right. He's an exceptionally, uh, exceptionally clever guy. He gave some thought to how alumina minerals or aluminium minerals might form, 
and what processing techniques could be used to get that aluminium out. So we can talk about the different ways of doing it and why we, uh, we've chosen this particular project. And so he worked out a process and then thought to himself, well, where, where are these minerals going to form? And the salt lakes of Western Australia, very unique geochemical environments and they produce a wide range of deposits, everything from Uliri, the big uranium deposit through to gypsum, lime sand, all sorts of weird and wonderful things. And he identified these two particular lakes, part of the Lake Hope system, in a relatively benign part of Western Australia. And went in there, did some sampling and discovered the minerals he was looking for. And, uh, you know, and hey, Preston. So he's done a lot of work um, at, a, at a scoping level, almost feasibility level of study economics and the um, uh, environmental work, etc., that you know make this a very advanced project. So again, it was a it was a brilliant insight that we were lucky enough to you know, to get on. Uh, so the deal uh, is actually uh, it's a very good deal for impact shareholders, and there's. Uh, I'm going to give you the, the, the figures. So up front, basically, it'll be 175,000 cash. There's 50 million shares, scrote bonds, which are sort of one cent, 500,000. And then there's 30 million options at um, 1.125 cents, which have got a, a two-year term. Um, so that's about $600,000, $700,000 worth of value up front. And then there are only two other payments, so they're all in shares. So when we complete the PFS, we can pay them 120 million shares in impact, and that will give us an immediate 80% interest in the project. Now, obviously, it depends on the value of what those shares are, but we've actually capped that payment at $8 million, um, which means that, look, if we had a big discovery in one of our other projects that's running in the background on a joint venture or whatever, um, you know, they don't get the full benefit of that, but, um, you know, so that's been capped, which is great. And then finally, the only other payment um, is after a DFS, Definitive Feasibility Study, there's another 100 million shares capped at 10 million. They're, they're left with a 20% interest, which will be free carried to a decision to mine, um, and then standard dilution conversion to net smelter royal. So all in all, that'll be about 10% of the current issued capital, which for a transformational deal is, is really it. Right, okay. So um, so that's that's what it's cost you. Um, you say he's kind of done a lot of work you know, up to kind of feasibility standards, but obviously you're going to have to go through the phases and actually do do the studies, um, economic studies to show the market you know what the potential is. So, what's the starting point for for you? Given there's probably not a lot of you know um, you know actual study work, so economic reporting done. It, the work has happened, but the reporting hasn't. So, where, where are you starting from? So the, the first thing we started, which, which is already in progress, is the first round of sort of more methodical test work on the leaching process. Uh, we'll talk about the deposit and the mining later, but there's very little risk compared to other things at the front end of the project. That's the other great thing about it. You know, the risk lies in the middle, which is the metallurgical test work, and at the end, which is producing the final product at the specification that's required by the marketplace. And that, that is quite a specialized area of uh, expertise, uh, which we will need to build out. So look, that test work is starting. Um, it's a very exciting um, program to be involved with because, as I say, it's a sort of unique suite of minerals. Um, we're attacking them with a slightly different process, which is actually relatively straightforward. The chemistry is actually quite simple um, and uh, and should scale, but that's where the risk lies, is, is scaling that up. So so that's, the, um, that's where we started. We've got 
uh, a resource will be due um, in the next four to six weeks, at which point we'll be allowed to put out the scoping study. So Roland has basically completed um, a complete scoping study level um, and very detailed. Uh, he has a background as a, an analyst, um, as, he, as he said, regretfully, he spent a year as an analyst um, when things were quiet in the geology business. And so he's done a very financial uh, detailed study. Uh, it's all it's benchmarked against uh, any of the other competitors, similar things. So, so look, um, that's where um, that's where he's at, and um, yeah, we'll be we'll be building on that. Okay, the, the clearly, I'm, I'm not quite sure what the market's made of it. Maybe it's a bit too a bit too early to, to to say. But um, your your message to your current shareholders is, we've got something that is quite impactful. Oh, see what I did there impactful in terms of the the value creation for the company yes it is something new but we're going to go through going to go through a process now um from a much you know advanced position right so 2023 looks like what 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 have you got to deliver this year what have you got to fund this year so the the big thing about the scoping study and is that once the resource is out we'll be allowed to put that out and at that point Mm -hmm. people see the numbers that are behind this project at a scoping study level, so plus or minus whatever the you know, the number is, thirty percent, and and it's at that point that people will be able to see the NPV, the capital efficiency, the internal rate of return, the EBITDA, and uh, they can look at other players in the HBA space, and the numbers are similar, um, capex probably lower, and so um, it's a you know when those loads come out, analysts will be able to look at the stock and say oh. We can put a number on you. This is what you might be worth over the next few years. So resource will be out. The scoping study will be out. And then we've already commenced the uh, the pre-feasibility study. So there'll be res- results from that test work um, over the year. The other important uh, event for us will be in the third quarter, we should be able to lodge a mining lease application and get that process underway so that we'll be uh, you know, moving towards de- uh, development and production um, over the next couple of years. Right, and, and what's the, again, given the advanced nature of what you, the work you said he had has done, um, you're going to need to move forward. PEA's great, PFS better, um, because it's, you know, it's a little bit more accurate in terms of the economic component because the variability of PA plus or minus 30%, I say, and in fact, these days, plus or minus 50%, quite frankly. Um, how quickly do you move into that, that phase? I want to come back to the money and how you finance this in a second, by the way. So, uh, Look, um, the, the PFS is starting straight away. We've applied for some, uh, there are many grants that you can get because HPA is on the critical minerals list of Australia now. Um, that's opened up a whole plethora of, uh, you know, grants and uh and ways forward, which look whether we get them or not is a different story, but um, that's a, that's certainly a big potential for us there. Um, so the, the PFS should be done over the next, um, I'll say, eighteen months or middle of fifteen months by the middle of next year. But the many of the things that we're doing will lead towards uh, basically the DFS, and we're going to try and run as many of those in basically in parallel as best that we can. Um, and again, because the front end is so simple. Um, will be almost a DFS level for that at the end of the PFS. It's all about the plant at the end. Well, let's talk about the simplicity of this because it's quite an esoteric commodity, right? Most people don't know anything about, they don't know HP exists, quite frankly, I, I suspect. So whether or not it's on a critical mineral list is, you know, by the buy. If the market doesn't understand it, it's not going to get behind it or support it or, or, or buy, buy in, into it. So what's important for people to know? You, you say it's on a critical minerals list, so, so what? So... When I was a young man uh, many years ago, uh, working for Red, uh, Western Mining, um, we were always taught, look, don't get into the, uh, 
the sort of the bulk commodity or industrial mineral space. And and I should have listened because I probably should have got to lithium. But uh, strategic metals, critical metals, uh, they're all really euphemisms for bulk commodities because there's a lot of it out there. And there's a lot of kaolin, there's a lot of things that we can convert it into, into HPA. The only reason you get into industrial minerals and into a bulk commodity is if you've got the, the largest, um, the first to market or the lowest cost, because you will not get through the cycle. And, uh, you know, we've seen that already in lithium space, you know, a few years ago, the lithium mine, three lithium mines opened up in WA within a short period of time, they'd all close again. Um, because the price is crazy, and and look, there's more lithium than we can ever poke a stick at, and uh, and the rest. Of it. So so this deposit ticks all of those boxes. It's a multi-decade sized deposit, um, and we stand a, a real chance of being a big player in a small space. And so you have control of the market price, and the the, the theoretical opex that we have is significantly lower than all the incumbents, uh, but similar to. Um, one or two of our uh, competitors in this space, and and but all of all three um, groups are breakthrough in that cost. So look, that that's the key. Those are the key things that uh, people really need to pay attention to. Right, they need to pay attention to that. You need to get finance. So existing shareholders or long long standing shareholders think, oh my goodness, dilution coming forward here. So where's the money going to come from, and how do you value the company? Because you've got a bunch of existing portfolio assets which you've got to make some decisions on, whether you flip them out, sell them, spin them out into another vehicle, wh- whatever you, you choose to do. If this is going to be this is going to be your flagship and only focus, is that what you're saying? It's certainly going to be, it's certainly our flagship and it's going to be our main focus. Okay. So one of the other exceptional advantages is that um, we've done the calculation of how much metal might be contained there. I mean, that has all been drilled out for less than $100,000. So the, the, the dollar value is ridiculous. So, so basically, the groundwork is finished. So all of the money we need to spend is actually on the test work. And so we have a budget that's really in the one in the one and a half to two million dollar work to do all of the pre-feasibility and get well into the definitive feasibility study, because it's just people's time and money, and also then the environmental uh, approvals processes and the mining lease application. It, it is unique in that respect. Have you got one and a half to two million right now? One of the things that's happened uh, in the last week is that we've had calls from brokers for the first time in the decade. First time in the decade. And uh, it's like, oh, fancy, oh, it's nice to hear from you. And um, and we've actually had a call from um, a well-known mining entrepreneurs group in London as well. I'll be presenting to them next week as well. And that's all come from people who've watched me present over the last two weeks. Because to be quite frank, when I tell the story, it's almost like I don't believe how good it is. And um, yeah, there's going to be some fatal flaws, I'm sure. Well, hopefully non-fatal flaws. There'll be difficulties as we go through. But the upfront advantages of this project are so good, it's, it is quite difficult to wrap your head around. And um, but those stories have weaved through, you know, to brokers and to you know, as I say, resource groups uh, in London. And uh, and so it's going to be a slow burn. But I think, as I said, once the numbers come out on the scoping study, we will see what we can see. Right. So, so it feels like there's some. Um... And possibly the company needs it is some fresh blood in terms of the investor profile. Investors that come in with not just the money, but who they are and what they what they represent. Um, you know, we, we've seen some you know pretty um, big conferences over over here in Europe and, and elsewhere in the world, which is kind of focused on and on on this. Uh, this sort of space in which you are now inserting yourself. So the money money's available for debt, 
you know, down the line. It's coming, you've been thrown at people. Um, and it's quite interesting how some of the, the equity sources are, are coming, uh, coming. Uh, the cost of capital component on the equity is, is, um, potentially, um, quite exciting in, in this in this space that you wish you're going to be operating in so but in the short term you you, you did you say you're coming to london to have that conversation or you've been speaking uh, no, to no, it's still online. yeah it's an online thing right yeah. okay okay so um it, it feels it feels like you're you've got to get yourself funded for the next what 18 months and is that is that is one yeah. or two million or so cover that yeah that's right yeah on top of what we've already got look we've got an r&d claim okay, in. So- to bring back some good, some good money. It's not, you know, another one of the great advantages is that we do not need to raise a lot of money. And one thing that we haven't spoken about is that it's almost certain that, um, you know, for every, every dollar we spend on this project, we'll get 43 cents back in, uh, in R&D the following year. Um, the R&D is... Explain that- R&D because not everyone will understand. Fair enough. Uh, research and development. So the Australian government offers um, a rebate on money spent by companies um, under a certain uh, turnover, um, for um, which amounts to forty-three cents in the dollar um, for every eligible dollar. So we've actually claimed quite a bit over the last uh, four or five years um, because of the, some of the interesting things that we're doing. But in this particular case, because everything about it is new, from the nature of the mineralisation to the processing to even the marketing. Um, we're going to be able to get you know most of the money that we spend on that project back. Right. Okay. Fine. Um, so, so, so it sounds like you kind of got a, a roadmap um, set up on the HBA project, um, which, which is which is great. And you'll probably tell you'll tell us more as the as the weeks and months progress. But with the existing portfolio of assets, what do you do? What are you going to do with them? Do you monetize them? Yeah, look, um, that's uh, certainly the purpose of a sort of stri- uh, a brief strategic uh, strategic review. We're taking on Roland as a project manager for the um, for the Lake Hope project. He's going to run with the metallurgy. We'll, we'll employ metallurgical groups, environmental groups to help with the whole approvals process, etc. So that's going to be managed on its own. So I still have my uh, team of geologists. Um, but one of the big things, of course, that we've been working on the BHP Explore program uh, over at uh, Broken Hill uh, since the start of this year. That's all been funded by uh, BHP and we've signed a lot of time and dollars to that, uh, which has obviously kept our overheads low, and that's been uh, that's been great for us. And we're really pushing forward with that project. That leaves us with um, two other sort of sets of assets. Uh, one is the Commonwealth Gold Copper project, which is under an option to be purchased by a group over there to list, hopefully later in the year. And then finally, there's our Arkan flagship project, which was where most of our time and money was spent here in Western Australia. For battery metals that's a very early stage project it is one of the larger ground holdings um close to julie Mar, and we have had already um two knocks on the door from significant groups um to look at that project and you know who knows we might be able to joint venture out of that and uh, which really leaves us with only some small projects which are you know more than manageable um really yeah to keep those ticking along so if we don't get a joint venture on Arkan, sure, there's a there's a possible deal there, sale, IPO, or you know something like that. Right, but what you're determined to do is minimise the allocation of capital to non-core projects going forward. Yeah, absolutely, and that, that's always you know what we try to do. Try to keep you know the some of the tenants in good standing by spending the minimum necessary. You know, just to you know keep them on the books like everyone does, and. Um, uh, you know, but if we can come across a, a good opportunity to monetize whatever that looks like, then we will certainly take it. Do you think you can take this project 
forward yourself would you look to partner on this given this this the scale of what you see ahead of you i mean it doesn't sound like you're going to need a lot of money so from a financial point of view maybe not but maybe in terms of market perspective you might want to yeah um what do you say market no, i mean that you talk about uh, investors well i'm than... just talking about getting noticed i'm just talking about getting noticed and you know let, let, let's face it you know you've not worked in this 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 space it it, it 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 would it would be fair to say, you know, you're used to working in, in precious metals, and you've, we've looked at obviously battery metals, etc. This is this is a kind of new territory. So in terms of skill bases that you have in house versus what you may want to bring in house, you mentioned one, um, but you may want to bring partners in who give you access to markets. If you're going to move through the phases quite quickly, you've you've got to set yourself up for success um, dur- during that phase and beyond. So you know have. What are you thinking? Or is it a bit, bit early yeah. days? No, no, look, those are those are great questions. And the, the the big success story in the HPA space has been Alpha PA, ASX code A4N. And that's run by a guy I know, Remus Karatis. He's a great operator and been a successful geologist and uh, has gone on board and, and really built them. And their market cap has gone from what ours has been up to seven, probably 600, 650 million over the last uh, few years. Now, they're producing from a chemical feedstock as opposed to mining. They started off using a new novel process, which was working on their laterite, and then just discovered that it would work on this feedstock that they could get from Orica. So Orica have actually um, invested now in H4N, uh, A4N, uh, Alpha, and they're also looking to establish now a market, another factory in North America. So it's quite clear that that partners, the right partners, you know, are opening doors um, for uh, for Alpha, and they're currently almost getting well off their feet now with, um, you know, queries, demands for the specialised products that they that they produce. And uh, that will be the other area that we need to focus on. Right. Okay. You've got a lot of new things to look at and process and articulate to the market. And obviously in, internally, you've got to work out how you deliver those those, those things because this is a new business model you've got here. You're going to have to think about the strategy you want to employ to deliver this. Okay. One of the things, one of the things you talked about, you know, looking at imminently um, is the kind of metallurgical um, process. And I think you've talked about in your, in your um, written communications, you've, you've talked about cost disruptive. Now that can make people excited or nervous in equal measure because new things scare people. Um, but if you get it right, that's pretty exciting in terms of margin. So, what what are you looking at on that front? Yeah, so uh, definitely metallurgical, new metallurgical te- techniques are they can be difficult to market, in particular to financiers because they, you know, they don't want to be the first to you know to perhaps lose their money on a new you know on a new process. And uh, but the way that the HP market will work and Alpha are leading the way, you know. Is, we can get a small pilot plant going to start to produce the products, you know, build out the offtake, um, you know, build those strategic partnerships while bringing in a little bit of revenue. And then at some point, as I for approach, there'll be some big decision point to then build the bigger plant at whatever that capex turns out to, uh, you know, uh, turns out to be. <clears throat> so, so that's that. Yeah. So that's that uh, area. Um, and, Really, the the other so that's the metallurgical process. All we can do is go through the test work. As I say, the chemistry is fairly straightforward and simple. Um, it's a matter of scaling it up and working how we might be able to optimize that. 
and we'll get it. We should get a, a good handle on that very quickly. Okay, fine. And uh, very, we better sort of touch base on very, very quickly on in, in terms of all that kind of infrastructure type stuff. Okay, so Lake, Lake, Lake Hope in terms of accessibility, cost of actually being able to do the work there. You know, eventually you're going to need, you know, the usual stuff: power, roads, water, etc. Where, where, where's that set? <laughs> If only we needed all of those things, uh, Matthew, that'd be great. Um, it's really not until you get on the ground there. So next time you're in Australia, you're going to have to come and stand on the lake because <clears throat> when you get on the on the lake pit and you realize what you're standing on, you, you sort of, your mouth drops Mud, out. it looks like to me. Yeah, it, it is just, it's just, <laughs> there's, there's been, I think there's been a few jokes on hot copper, which I don't go to. It's uh, never good for a managing director's health to go on, on, on hot copper. And they're talking about you know, losing, losing, you know, drill rigs in the lake and things like that. Well, the the the, the lake bed, the lake material is only a couple of meters thick, and then you're actually on quite solid granite underneath, and it's rock hard virtually all the year. So when it rains, because it's almost impermeable, it's like plasticine. So uh, so there's no problem there. So um, there's a there's an actually established fire break, which is almost two trucks wide that goes from the main Hyde and Norson Road right up to the the lake. So there's there's virtually no clearing required, and the ease of mining is something which people can't understand given the value of, uh, of the material that's, uh, that's there, is that we literally need a digger and some trucks, some portable um, accommodation for probably six to eight months of the year. We can mine three years' production in about eight months and not go back for three years. We can come off site leaving absolutely hardly any trace. There's going to be hardly any clearing. And the lake bed is almost is sterile. There's not a blade of grass there. Uh, Stegofauna are, are a rare uh, species that people are talking about a lot. Uh, it's quite acidic. It's it's pH of three, so there's no there's very few living things even in the uh, even in the lake bed. And those advantages keep going on and on. So because it's fine grain and it's almost solid ore, there's no need for waste on site. We don't need electricity on site. We don't need water on site. Um, it is just it is mind-boggling really um so we're going to be able to dig up take the stuff off-site to an existing industrial yard and that's where we'll build the plant very interesting very interesting mike well um thank you for um taking the time out to speak to us i was intrigued by what you've done here because i think it's a big move it's a bold move um and i think as you know as, as more people get to hear the story and sort of understand the market HPA op op operates in and, you know, your ability to kind of move this thing forward relatively inexpensively, relatively inexpensively. Um, I, I think it could, could, could be interesting days for you. So I appreciate your time. Thank you. No problem, Matthew. Anytime. Speak soon.